0: The Ringers Nora Princiotti and Nathan Hubbard are on a journey breaking down every single Taylor Swift album. For all you Swifties out there, this is the podcast for you. From her most famous moments to her most obscure references, every single album, Taylor Swift has it all. Check it out on the Ringer Dish feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We are going to discuss the great Hawaiian vacation of Miles Teller, his wife Kelly Teller, and of course, Shailene Woodley and Aaron Rodgers um, do some TV check-in. We'll just talk about this the, This partying is coming back. But we're going to begin on a more serious note by talking about uh, Naomi Osaka and how she is not playing in the French Open and her her um trying to navigate how to do press. So, yeah. it's been a story for about the last week or so. Um she initially posted that she was not going to do press at the French Open. And I would just say things really devolved on the on the WTA side and the Grand Slam Association side from there.
1: Yes. And in a lot of ways on the press side as yeah. well. And I think like we're going to talk about we'll try to give the abbreviated version of this. Uh, cuz there are a lot of different threads a lot of them are about kind of like athletes and media and athletes and mental health and a lot of things going on um but there like we'll use a bunch of umbrella terms and there are no uh, umbrellas here this is like a specific situation uh, that got out a lot of hand out of hand from a lot of people but yeah the short version is that a few days before the French Open started which is one of the four uh, grand slams the major french tournaments and It's like it's a big deal because it was delayed last year in lockdown. But it's like tennis is like kind of back. And for those of us who arrange our uh, our our summer, at least around tennis, it's like not really summer until I'm watching, you know, people in a European country like (laughs) playing tennis on surfaces that I didn't know that you could uh, play tennis on. The French Open is famously clay. So just a few days before uh, Naomi Osaka announced that she wouldn't be doing press um, and kind of specifically the press conferences and identified that the press conference system at tennis tournaments is not particularly sensitive to um, players' mental health. And so she wouldn't be participating. And she also posted um, a clip from a very old interview of it's a, a journalist interviewing, I believe, 14-year-old Venus Williams. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, and the questions are um, not what you would want to ask a teenager. They're not particularly sensitive of context. And so Venus's father, um, Richard, intervenes and gives like a correct speech about how to treat teenagers in the media. And then she also posted a clip of a famous Marshawn Lynch uh, press conference in which she just repeats, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Right. Um, And that's his answer to every question. And she even acknowledges in the original post that she's like, I know I'll get fined. And I hope it goes to a mental health charity. Um, and then, as you said, just things got really bad. She played in the first round of the French Open. She won. She did skip the press conference. She was fined. And also kind of like the Grand Slam conferences announced that they would keep finding her and possibly even disqualify her if she continued to skip the press conferences. And, you know, a lot of people weighed in with their opinions. And we are also weighing in with our opinions. Um But fast forward to Monday night when um, Naomi Osaka posted on Instagram a a second post announcing that she was withdrawing from the French Open uh, because the hubbub had become too much and too much of a distraction. And she also shared within it that um, she had been struggling with depression since the U.S. Open in 2018. She found it really hard to handle. She finds press really overwhelming because of her social anxiety and... She was trying to find a way through that and it didn't work out. And so she's no longer playing in the French Open, which is a loss to everyone. Definitely. Because um, you definitely want to see Naomi Osaka in the French Open. But, you know, also... Huge I loss just, for
0: tennis. Just a huge, it's a huge loss. huge loss for
1: tennis. And it's, it's sad for Naomi Osaka. Like, yeah. I, n- top line, number one, non-facetious, all our best to Naomi Osaka, who is like a, a personal hero of mine. And I admire her. And I'm sorry that it you know, kind of went like this and I'm sending her the best and I hope she gets the time and the space and the support that she needs.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I hope I hope that she's able to overcome her anxiety and depression. I, you know, it's yeah. just a, just good luck to her. Um, And this also is um happening with the uh, sort of like some broader context is fans have returned to Um, NBA games. And there's been like a number of incidents in the last week of fans harassing and assaulting players. And I think there's just sort of like a new awareness towards how uh, professional athletes are treated while they are performing their jobs. And obviously it's not exactly the same as one. This is one. is more about, you know, being subjected to um, the press and questions and the other is more directly tied to like assaults, which one person in Boston Mm -hmm. is being, um, uh, charged with for throwing a water bottle at Kyrie Irving. But I think there's just like, there's just all these new questions about how we treat professional athletes and like what their role is in entertainment and culture. Um, and it's like, I think Naomi Osaka, you know, we've talked about her on the pod before, is is generally a, a leader in difficult mm-hmm. conversations and she continues to be right now.
1: Totally. And, you know, beyond this, the athlete vibe of this, which is both a specific aspect of it and also as you mentioned part of a larger conversation right now and also like a larger historical conversation. I think, at, you know, athletes and their relationship to the press and how much they have to speak after games and what they're required to do and what is like the definition of their job and what do we expect from them is like an, an ongoing conversation and absolutely one worth having. Um, there is also a little bit about just kind of this particular tennis system in here that these pre- press conferences aren't good. They're just like never good. They They are not what anyone wants and maybe there like can be a better system that uh, doesn't place such a burden on the players. But to me also, and this is a, within the context of jam session, it just struck me as another example of celebrities who are just have an overwhelming amount of attention and fame, which Naomi Osaka does. She's that she was the highest paid athlete last year. She has a tremendous amount of endorsements. Um, and it, 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 and as a result, a lot of attention and and press expectation. I mean, she also she won the Australian Open and she won the U.S. Open. She is like the reigning um, tennis superstar. But celebrities who just kind of have so much fame, trying to renegotiate kind of the boundaries of that attention. Yeah. Right. And and it it made me think of everything from Harry and Meghan and to a little bit the conversation we're having about Britney Spears and kind of how we give people attention and and how much attention celebrities can ask for because they are still asking for some amount of fame and they do want to be in the public s- spotlight, but that there needs to be like a different boundary between what's happening now and kind of the the way that they want to live. And it's a really complicated conversation that absolutely never goes well. And it just, we have to find a way to have a, like a better conversation about it.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I mean, as you know, obviously someone who works sports media or sports media, yeah. Jason, I, I think that athletes should have to do press. I mean, that's like a big, a big part of sports is the conversations around them and sort of like what's happening behind the scenes. And I, I, I think that obviously, um, 14 year olds and really anyone shouldn't be subjected to like these really tough exchanges. Um, and maybe the expectations should change, but I, I don't know if they always have to do press and maybe it should be done differently, but I think the expectation that you don't, that you can just be famous and not have to like ever, ever speak is probably not a reasonable one. And also, like, also not why you get paid for all the endorsements, too.
1: Right. Well, it comes back to that thing, right? Of, I like, I think we can all agree that we don't want to drone over someone's house. Yeah. And that paparazzi are scary. And also that there is, probably just like a huge extra burden that goes into being a athlete and specifically a tennis player who's like alone, right? It's just, it's you out there on the court by yourself doing every, you know, doing your thing. The burden is entirely on you. And then you got to talk to the person on court and you got it like all of these people who can get in your head and what's a, like very mental sport. And like th- that, that, is like a lot, and also that people handle it differently, right? That yeah. someone is going to like be able to be totally fine with that and chat to everyone, and that Naomi Osaka, who, as she said in her own Instagram post, is like an introvert, is going to to handle that differently, and that's going to affect her mental health, and that is also going to like affect her play, which um, is is why we're there. So I think that we can all understand that there are nuances to this, and there are things that we think are too far, um, and that also. That all of these people's net value and the millions of dollars they're being paid are based on them asking for our interest in them. Yeah, and that that is like necessarily defined on like being public, and I, it always devolves into some, you know, bad actors screaming about the First Amendment and or lobbying things about like how rich you are, and I don't want to be lumped in with those people. And th- and that's kind of what I mean of like we just can figure out a better way to talk about this. And I think also celebrities can like figure out a better way to communicate this stuff and ask for a little bit more respect and a little bit more distance while still asking for your attention. I feel like Naomi Osaka's press team did not serve her well. Yeah. Like at all. And I hold her team responsible and not her for that. Like there are a lot of people who are employed around her, making these brand deals, handling all of like the. the extensive press that she does, like she she is really out there. Um, who should be able to kind of see down the road a little bit, communicate a little bit more, and also like protect her because that's ultimately what it's about. And, I, you know, I, we've talked about Harry and Meghan. I feel this way all the time. But in general, there are people who are just not serving their clients who are the celebrities very well, like at all.
0: Yeah. I, I think also it speaks to like the... Um animosity between the players and the WTA as well. Mm -hmm. And, and just the governing bodies of tennis that there's that there's that Naomi Osaka posted her Instagram. And then the response was you'll be fined. And then you might be expelled from all the grand slams. Like the fact that there's, there's no interest in cooperation between the various governing bodies and um, the, their superstar is also just like really telling of this, of of like who she thinks she can trust and and what's going on there as well. Right. And
1: you know, just to one up on the animosity, like Naomi Osaka withdrawing from the French Open is a massive loss for the French Open. Yeah. He that is. she is she is definitely the biggest name in tennis right now and their ratings and the attention and the amount of press that generates the ratings and attention, it's like disappears once Naomi Osaka is not in it. So it like even her just being like, yeah, no, thanks. If this is what you're going to do, I'm going to see you later. Which I, is not how I understand it. From what I've read of kind of like behind the scenes stuff and reading, you know, in between the lines, it seems like this really was a, a decision based on like Naomi Osaka not feeling great. Her sister posted on Reddit and then deleted on Reddit. So we're pretty sure it's her. But, you know, I, I didn't like... Officially confirm it in the in the Reddit parlance because I don't use Reddit, you know, post a lot about the crisis of confidence that she was having going into the French Open, and so that was like part of the reason she decided to not do press because the press exacerbates her lack of confidence, and so it, you know, then once she made the announcement, the WTA and the Grand Slam people tried to get in touch with her, but she was just like, I, I'm doing tennis now. I need to focus on this. So I, I think there might just be like a lack of communication as opposed to total animosity. And I it, like, to me, it seems like an athlete just trying to do the best with her mental health and right. then things like kind of spiraling out of control from like lack of planning and lack of communication. Right. Right.
0: And I do think to your point, like Dana Osaka is really out there. Like she was on the cover of Vogue and, you know, she's been pretty present in, in the press the last year or so. Um, I also think it's sort of a double-edged sword of social media. It's like you can control your message, but you also have access to so many people's opinions and comments. And like, it sucks. I mean, it's so unhealthy. And that kind of gets back to the team thing of like, maybe there was a better way to put out a statement. Right. And, you know, this
1: is another thing where it seems like celebrities are embracing that I can just speak directly to people. That's what social media allows me to do. And I don't need um, the press. I don't need the other apparatus. I'm just going to do me. And in a way, I think that's true. And I think Nomi As- Asaka in particular has been really good at it. But I, once it's out there, it's out there for everyone, not just like the people who read and like your social media posts. And again, I just, I think that there should be a team and some people whose job it is to protect her and help her understand that even if she's like unilaterally communicating, like outgoing, yeah. that incoming, there's just going to be a lot of other stuff. Totally. So, and 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 that seems to be a thing that, a lot of I'll just post on social media celebrities haven't quite, you know, figured out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, you know, I I think they're also just like, I think the expectations of, of endorsements and the expectations of excellence, um, don't map against the experience of those, but and that there's just like such like a disconnect there. But yeah, I, I mean, to your point before, like there, there has to be a better way to do a lot of this and, um, I, I think, I think just also the, sort of the, the news cycles of everything exacerbates it because people are just constantly looking for more information and more news and like, you know, we're included in that. Um, and so I think it's like more intense than it used to be because there's like always some kind of story to file and there's, it's, it's just with social media. It's nonstop. And, um, I think also young people are particularly attuned to that because it's like they live it. They're also on social media.
1: Right. And then there's a whole industrial complex of people parsing the social media posts and the anger to it. And there is, I mean, you know, again, you can talk about like the quote media response and I think it was largely quite bad. Um, And and in part because it's defensive. And I think the tennis journalist, which I just have to say, being a tennis journalist, like not a well-paying job, like not, not an easy one. No one really cares except for. Really, three times a year because the Australian Open is like on a different time zone from the rest of the world. It's just very hard to get people to care about tennis; they can't even watch. And so, I think the, the tennis journalists were a bit defensive. The the tour and the Grand Slams were certainly defensive. I think they just get an
0: F. Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: But you know, there is also a strain of the of the media that is just reactionary people who just make clickbait based on here's what you need to be angry about today in response to like this person who didn't do things the way that you think that they should. And, and that went super out of control and it was not great. Yeah. And maybe we, it, we just, we just don't need that.
0: Yeah. I It's, it's really uh, just so unfortunate. It's so bad for the sport. I mean, I, I hope Naomi Osaka is fine, but just in general, it's so, it's so bad for the sport and, you know, the the post game press conference probably needs some reinvention. I would just yeah. say it se- seems seems to be problematic across all sports. and sometimes, you know, it's riveting. i i I've always loved a post case post game press conference, but they also didn't weren't always televised. like they were used to be far less um integral to like sports media. but now they're just like they're so essential. It, it seems like there needs to be some reinvention and
1: more broadly, I think that there needs to be some reinvention in how we expect, you know, great athletes or I guess like great musicians or people who are really famous because of like their skills and talents and accomplishments, like to be in public. And to your point, they probably have to be in public a little bit. Yeah. Like if you if you want attention, if you want the level of, of excellence and like the money that comes with it. You can't do that without being in public somehow. Yeah. And and probably even just beyond like posting occasionally on Instagram. You know, if you if you want an audience then you have to kind of anticipate a little bit maybe not interacting with audience but at least acknowledging your audience, right? Or else you won't have one and you don't get money. But but maybe we can reimagine how that works as well because like, you know, Naomi Osaka is still, is very young, um, and very successful. And I think she just experienced these experiences, these things differently. And she's the world's greatest tennis player, but she is not comfortable with being tennis's ambassador. And so, do you also have to be like the number one best at press in order to be allowed to be the greatest tennis star like that? I mean, that's bad for tennis long-term. That's like not a solution. So I think they got to figure it out. And I think it's probably not just limited to tennis. Yeah.
0: It also just shows you how, how much some of this stuff has changed. Cause like you look at someone like Michael Jordan and he didn't really have to do it. He, He certainly talked a lot. There's a lot of books written about him during his career and since obviously, but so much of what he accomplished while he was still playing was through Gatorade and Nike basically. Mm-hmm. And through like these partnerships, it just, it really speaks to like the different ways in which products has moved now. And, yeah. um, it's just kind of, it's just kind of fascinating since, you know, she's also a Nike athlete and, and just, you know, it's just evol- evolved a lot. It's such a totally different era. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. Good luck to Amy Osaka. Um, let's move on to Hawaii. Where the Tellers and Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley had a lovely vacation uh, until it wasn't lovely. Ma- right. Ho- we hope the Miles twist. Teller's okay. It turned out that last Wednesday, Miles Teller had been jumped in a bathroom in Ma- on Maui, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like he's fine. He was tweeting about it, so I think he's okay. But we're also sending him the best. Uh, this has been quite the tour de force. Um, thank you to Kelly. I think that's how you say her name. Uh, Teller for posting about it on Instagram a lot. Um, I mean, where do we begin? Is it with the Taylor Swift singing? Is it with? um, I think we can begin broadly, which is that four
1: people are on vacation in Hawaii, which, you know. It, I, I wish that for everyone, the great American dream that four young people are in ho- on vacation in Hawaii, one of a, a beautiful place. And they're specifically in Maui, which I'm really pleased to know about, because I do find that a lot of time tabloids will cover celebrity vacations in Hawaii, but not tell me where, it, which of the four islands in Hawaii. So I just, I appreciate knowing that it's Maui. Um, anyway, three of these people are late twenties, early thirties, I would say. <laughs> And then, and you know, two are actors who have known each other since they were in a a, a teen movie. They they just they seem like Instagram age appropriate. And then one is a late 30s NFL quarterback having like the rumspringa of his life. (laughs) And I just I'm happy for him. Seems like he has found love. Seems like he is enjoying himself, but it's, it is like a real highlights, which one of these is not like the others situation. And I'm just, I'm really entertained by the amount of Instagram comment content that Aaron Rogers is permitting.
0: I, I am too. He just sort of like, fuck it. I'm going to let it rip. Like, this is who I am now. I'm, I am dating I'm engaged to Shailene Woodley, and that is like leading my narrative, even though I'm also trying to get out of my team, for which I'm the franchise quarterback and have been here my whole career and won a Super Bowl and an MVP. So it's pretty wild. So
1: this this is like a real sports crossover podcast, I guess. Welcome to The Ringer. Thanks for your time. So while all the Hawaii vacationing has been happening, and I do want to go into the specifics, there has been some sort of like optional team building week at the NFL mm-hmm. that Aaron Rodgers has skipped because he's unhappy being with the green Bay Packers. He's made it clear that he'd like to be traded. Um, he also like called in the sports center to let people know that he was upset. I believe from Hawaii. Yes, I believe which, so. <laughs> it, which is just incredible. So that's what he's opting to do or not do in a professional context. Meanwhile, some of the things he has been doing just like hiking in a bathing suit and water shoes, and then posting it on Instagram. Uh, sort of singing along to a Taylor, fol- Taylor Swift uh, folklore song with, with Kelly, Miles Tellers, his wife. I feel like he um,
0: wanted to know the words, but didn't really. But he was just trying to like go in with it.
1: I'm going to say this respectfully. No one in that video knew the words.
0: <laughs> That's OK.
1: I don't know him either. It seemed like they were enjoying the music and having a nice time together. Then at a. a a restaurant that is not the restaurant where the assault, which we're getting to happened. Um, He uh, Aaron Rodgers at first requests a song stand by me from the live musician. And then there's video of uh, Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley sort of slow dancing, but weirdly not respecting the tempo or the energy of the classic stand by me, but they're dancing together. Um, And then Aaron Rodgers just takes over on guitar. Okay, and so they're singing like Aaron Rodgers extended video. It's a minute and a half clip. Aaron Rodgers is like playing Wagon Wheel. Then at some (laughs) point he he does not play the guitar for Shallow, but Shailene Woodley and Kelly Teller do sing Shallow karaoke. There's no one else in the restaurant at this point. They're just like in the side of a weird dining room having taken over this man's, you know, one man band live music restaurant setup. And then it's just all on the internet because they posted it on social media. I, I'm, I'm quite taken aback. It seems like they're having a lovely time, but I did not see this in Aaron Rodgers' future.
0: I mean, I I really didn't either. I, uh. I feel like I've learned so much about him, you know, like I, I felt like I knew a fair amount. And even though like he was aloof, that was like part of who he was, he, who he was is. And now I'm just like, oh, this is a, this is a guy who's just been been waiting to uh, to get down in Hawaii this way. So I right. feel like happy for him. I feel like I feel like it's like um in the cider house rules when one of the orphans <laughs> gets adopted and they find a find a family. I feel like Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. found a family. I'm really happy for him.
1: It, to me, it feels like really early retirement. You know, it's mm. like he did all of the serious adult portion of his life, and now he just wants to have fun and like be on, in Hawaii with a bunch of 20-year-olds. Should we talk about the incident at Monkey Pod Kitchen?
0: Yes, we should. Um, <laughs> okay. So the, the first report that went out was that Miles Teller got jumped in the bathroom because he owed money to... um the wedding venue or someone, a vendor involved in his wedding. And it was like $60,000. And then he disputed that and said he had never seen the guys before in his life and didn't know who they were. So Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what happened. I don't, do you know what happened? We weren't there. No, I wasn't (laughs) there though. I have been to the restaurant in question. Was it good? Which, uh, yeah, it it was, it was fine. Hawaii Um, doesn't have great restaurants in my opinion.
1: I, I, I would agree with that. I, they have great, food, but it's more of the, you know, the casual variety. Once you get into the overpriced, fancy restaurants, it's just not really um, yeah. great. And this is a very, uh, I don't want to say like fancy. It's not per se, but this is an expensive restaurant. Um, I sat at the bar for lunch. I had some fish tacos. Oh, that sounds were great. They were, they were good. I watched surfing. Cool. They had like, yeah, which, you know, when in Hawaii, uh, so I'm reading from the the most recent TMZ report which does have video, okay? And it the TMZ report includes a quote from the couple's lawyer, but I think that and and it's not the most copy edited of TMZ pieces, so like I'm not really sure which which couple they're referring to, but I believe it is the couple Uh, The man who punched Miles Teller and his wife, who is the alleged wedding planner. Mm. Okay, because Miles Teller and Kelly Teller were married in Maui in 2019. So here's what we've got. The couple's lawyer, Trey Lovell, tells TMZ, it is my understanding that the altercation was a dispute over money pertaining to the couple's wedding. We are currently evaluating my client's legal claims that may exist surrounding the incident, statements made about the incident, And the party's previous business dealings. So I like this lawyer speaking to TMZ is like, I honestly have no idea whether my they have
0: any legal case at all. I just want to say something, knowing that Miles Teller is, I think, okay and Mm -hmm. doing well. I I just want to say I hadn't really thought about Miles Teller in a while. (laughs) I used to be a big fan, and then he kind of just sort of left my world. I hadn't thought about him in a long time, and I've now thought about him a lot over the last two weeks. So considering that he's fine, I will just say I think there are some net positives for Miles (laughs) Teller from this Hawaii vacation.
1: We are not making light of alleged
0: assault. Not at all. Don't
1: punch people in restaurants or at all.
0: And explore your legal options, Miles Teller. Support that as well. But I just want to say, I'm now thinking about Miles Teller and I'm like, oh, right. Top Gun 2 is coming out soon. And he's in that. So I don't think it is. I don't think. Oh, I don't think it's coordinated.
1: But no, I just meant like they delayed Top Gun 2, uh, which is sad for me because I was really looking. I'm still really looking forward to it. But um, yeah, I think if you have to get punched by a stranger in a restaurant, this is one of the better situations in which to get punched, like even the suggestion that perhaps you walked out on a $60,000 wedding bill <laughs> is in this context just kind of like no one's going to hold it against you, you know? So it's pretty uh, pretty amusing and he's definitely back in the noose. Um, and and it is worth noting that in all of the Instagram content previously described with great joy, Maltzeller, like he's in
0: it. But I wouldn't say he's a
1: leading character. No,
0: certainly not. He seems like the least fun of the four. I'm just like, (laughs) if I'm I'm hanging out with these people, my number one draft pick, I think, is Kelly Teller. Number two, Aaron Uh Rodgers. Three, Shane Woodley. Four, Miles Teller. Yeah, I would agree. So he got his moment, I suppose. Now, good luck, Miles Teller, to you as well. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. Jedi are being murdered. On June 4th, Star Wars returns. Only on Disney Plus. I didn't do it! Believe me! She was my student. Let me be the one to bring her in. Now she is a student of the dark side. An acolyte. Star Wars The Acolyte. Two episode premiere June 4th. Only on Disney Plus. All right, let's move on. Friends reunion. The Tea Time gals talked about it, so check them out in their episode this past Friday. But we're going to mm-hmm. talk about it, too. It's a pretty big deal in culture. Big weekend for HBO Max. Um, Did you enjoy it? I was fascinated by it. How about that? In what way? Interesting.
1: Well, we are of a certain age, Juliet. I'm we happy sure to are. say that we're we're not of the age of the people who started Friends. So, and that was something that I was reminded of quite a lot while watching the HBO Max special. But we grew up with friends. I certainly did. I don't know. You grew up in New York City. So did you care about friends in the same way you that know, we did?
0: It's really funny you say that. I was discussing this with my friend Catherine, with whom I watched the reunion. And I was saying, like, there's almost nothing New York specific about Friends. Like mm-hmm. they say it's New York, but there's so little to actually tied to the city that it could like almost be anywhere, except that like young people moved to New York after college and, and like mm-hmm. live there. So I I didn't feel I, I really liked Friends a lot as a kid, but it wasn't like, oh, great New York show. Seinfeld's way more New York.
1: Right. But sometimes I find that you aren't as enamored of certain like broad pop cultural content that um That certainly idealizes New York, but Mm -hmm. also kind of was um, explained New York to the rest of us, except as you noted, like has actually nothing to do with New York. I mean, the who can afford apartments like that bit about friends is like the oldest pop culture saw in the book. Yeah. So, but sometimes you're just kind of like, well, I didn't like care that much because (laughs) I didn't like have this dream of going to New York. And I, and I do think that friends in my mind was at least kind of one of the ways in which I conceived of what my life would be like after I graduated college and moved to New York, which was a goal of mine and something I did do. So I I just didn't know whether you had that same reference. Um, I just, I grew up watching the show. I remember all of the references. I have not spent a lot of time streaming Friends, as literally everyone else on the planet seems to have done.
0: I haven't done a ton of that either, but I... I joy rerun here and there.
1: Sure. I mean, it's been in reruns like basically since it was off the air. So it's always kind of like been in the air for me as well. So it was fascinating to reexamine. I mean, I guess I didn't need a reunion, but in terms of being like, oh, remember this and remember that and where are all these people now, like I I suppose I'm the target audience because I do remember all of these things. And I am curious about where these people are now and how they look now, except it just made me feel extremely old. Yeah,
0: I know. It, it, uh, I, I had a good time. I mean, I, you know, like pop culture nostalgia, like everyone else on the internet. Um, I thought it was like fun to revisit, like what a good show it is. I think because I haven't watched it recently. I was like, this was a really funny show. So many good bits. So like, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I didn't think Matthew Perry was as astounding. Like I was like, okay, he, seems like more or less okay like I wasn't like what's wrong with this man I think I think I would have been like is he okay if there hadn't been a big hubbub about it but it was sort of like not this train wreck that I I think people expected um I will just say like uh, you know Lisa Kudrow just seems like such a normal person it's so confusing Mm -hmm. my biggest question (laughs) is why they have not all gotten together though they clearly do all like each other like I don't I never and, and they and at the time they liked each other too. They like you know band together to get the same salaries and whatever. Um, I was just like, why have you all not hung out? That made me sad.
1: Well, they all seemed pretty overwhelmed walking into the place. I think you know to go back to the beginning of our conversation. They it, they were very famous, and it was probably pretty overwhelming. Yeah, like a a lot taken. Um, that was certainly a different era in, shall we say, Jennifer Aniston's life. Uh, she, So she just calls him Pitt and he calls her Aniston in public. That's what we're doing now. It's really weird, I guess. Um, so I don't know. I don't go to like my high school reunions for this either. So people maybe just don't like to revisit those things in that way. It's like a magical moment. and 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 maybe also... it it was good. And then they all moved on with their lives and you got to move on or just maybe they had busy schedules. I don't really know. I I agree that it didn't seem like there was any animosity between them. The thing that was the most fascinating to me, because they did all seem a little bewildered. um, And then they would at different points, remember that it was a performance, but kind of who was most comfortable with like the James Corden salesy, Like, isn't this great that we're doing a reunion aspect of it? And then who was most comfortable in the table read, getting back into the characters, comedic performance of it. And then who was just like completely uncomfortable, which for me was Courtney Cox, who was just like, I don't remember any aspects of this. You know, everyone would be like, do you remember this episode? Do you remember this thing? She would be like, no, not really, but it's good to see you. That that was fascinating. I agree that Lisa Kudrow seemed like just kind of like, okay, I'm here. This it's nice to see you all. And then at the table read, just like dynamite. And you remember she's just so one funny. of the great comedic actresses of our time. I Jennifer Aniston definitely was both doing some of the ambassador stuff along with David Schwimmer, which I thought was very funny. Um, but then would snap back into her Rachel comedic timing. And I was like, Oh yeah, Jennifer Aniston, one of our great comedic actresses. Um and and then and then Matt LeBlanc
0: was just kind of like, sure. Whatever. He seemed you totally at ease. Yeah. He seemed yeah. totally at ease with like himself and the situation. And just like, I don't know. He he was um, I feel like his stock rose the most for me. I never really cared about Joey, but I was like, okay, Matt yeah. LeBlanc, I'm I'm into you. Um yeah, I also I really thought it was funny how. David Schwimmer was like hosting when they played yeah. the game. Um, he definitely was the most comfortable, like being an actor, but not with like the the sit down. He was very sentimental for the sit down. Um, I, I don't know. I just I just sort of enjoyed it. I was so confused about the fashion show though. So the trio of Cindy Crawford, <laughs> Cara Delevingne, and Justin Bieber was so weird. I and like I had seen the headlines about Cindy Crawford. I didn't know about Justin Bieber and Cara Delevingne when I watched. So I was just like, wait, what? And I thought that was so weird a lot of people
1: showed up to this reunion and and some of them you know kind of did their videos from wherever like david beckham yeah. which and and kit harrington which is really funny to me but i also like thought kit how many how much of those do you think were scripted right because they each were speaking about some kind of like craft element of the show and kit harrington isolating like the couch pivot scene and talking about how there's nothing in the script that would make that funny, but it's physical comedy. I was like, this is actually pretty insightful, but did they tell you to
0: say this? I think it probably was like noted friends fans that they could get. Mm -hmm. And then they wrote something for them to read. I don't think Ken Harrington is an off the cuff type of guy. I also like think he's a horrible actor. So I have a low estimation of him.
1: (laughs) Sure. Though I don't mean to, maybe he did have that insight or, you know, thought that that was an interesting scene and then they kind of fleshed it out for him. I don't mean to, you know, diminish Kit Harington. I was just kind of like, oh, this is pretty good criticism, Kit Harington, just like for a weird talking head thing that you definitely filmed in like your castle in Scotland or wherever they live
0: now. I was very intrigued that they got Reese Witherspoon, but not Christina Applegate for uh, Rachel's sister's.
1: Yeah, I just Reese Witherspoon's really available. And I say that with all the love in the world for for another of my heroes, Reese Witherspoon. But a lot of this special was affected by COVID in terms of what they could film and where and when it was delayed. And so I was curious how they managed to get all of the people on set. Was it just did they do it very recently that the last parts of it It filmed in April? Yeah. Uh, So all of it filmed in April. I didn't know whether some filmed before and some filmed. I think it was all in April. OK, if I, I guess that makes more as sense. I
0: understand it. And then it looked like it was an outdoor set or like a really big studio. Right. Lot. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was on the on the Warner Brothers. Line. Yeah.
0: So I, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. You know, just I, I'm I'm a sucker. And then I watched like seven episodes of Friends immediately after in a row. OK, so it worked yeah. for
1: you. It, worked great. it did exactly what I was supposed to do. I found it to be like a weird Twilight Zone, but I think that might say more about me and how I relate to the past then and <laughs> reunions and also maybe how about how these people relate to the past. Sure. And reunions. Sure.
0: But, um, I don't know. I'm glad that you liked it. That's, yeah. That's great. I had a good time. It was okay. just the biggest weekend for HBO Max. I, um, at promptly 10 PM on, on Sunday night, I went to watch Mary beast town. HBO Max was down actually wait until 10 Oh three. I was like, I'm just gonna give it a few minutes to be up. And then, okay. um, I was really happy that I had the uh, spectrum app installed on my TV so that I could go to on demand and and I didn't have to wait. So that was big. That was really big for me. Okay. Um, I'll just say like, I'm, I already miss mayor so much that I was reading mayor Reddit this morning, even though there's no more (laughs) theories to be had. I was just like, what are people saying? I love mayor. I miss it so much that I started watching Broadchurch, a show I've
1: never seen. So oh, don't tell I me what happened. I know, everyone does. And everyone's like, mayor is really like Philly Broadchurch. And yes, now that I've started Broadchurch, I'm like, oh, this really is, you know, I guess like British mayor. But I love all of that and obviously love Olivia Coleman. So I'm with you. Did you happen to read the Maureen Dowd interview with Kate Winslet? Um, I did. Okay. I, so, can we talk about the lead of the Maureen Dowd, Kate Winslet, for a second? Sure. Which just, uh, just very rude things about the city of Philadelphia, and specifically a story about how a hitchhiking child robot, which I, I don't really know what to say, um, made it throughout Europe and much of the East Coast in its scientific hitchhiking adventures, and then was like completely dismantled and torn apart in the city of Philadelphia. Which being married to someone from Philadelphia delighted me. And I've been laughing about this uh, weird kid robot just being dismantled in Philadelphia for uh, uh, 24 hours now. So I really appreciated that <laughs> anecdote. Didn't know about it before. Google the kid robot. If you want to learn more, it was apparently decapitated and all of its electrical wiring was removed. Though, so, like, why is a child robot hitchhiking? What is that teaching us about social interactions or anything?
0: I, I don't know. Why, I, I, like, would you pick up a child, hitch, like a child robot that's hitchhiking? Um, no, I, I definitely would never pick up a hitchhiker, period. Too scary. Okay. <laughs> I
1: just, I would, I would have some questions about why the child robot was hitchhiking. Anyway, and then a, a nice interview with Kate Winslet, uh, who just seems to be doing great and living happily in the, like the, it seems like. South coastal town? Is that what yeah. it said? Or
0: South, yeah. yeah, South Coast, which I assume to be like Dorset or Cornwall. Right. It's Dorset
1: speaking of uh Broadchurch.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's where it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it is in the South. Yeah. Broadchurch is so good, Amanda. I'm like really happy for you. Thank you.
1: I'm very excited. Guys, please don't tell me what happens.
0: Um Have you heard about Olivia Coleman? She's a really good actress. Yeah, <laughs> who, who is who? Who? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of accents, though. And I just, after all of the Mayor Philly accents, I'm just like, wow. Subtitles. More accents. But I do really miss it as well, Juliet. though. I don't know if I miss it enough to want a second season. And it seems mm-hmm. like Kate Winslet is very open to a second season. Yeah. And
0: I I don't know. I don't know. Um, There's a second season of Broadchurch. We can discuss that when you get to it. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> How do I feel about a second season of Mayor? Andy and Chris were talking about this on their pod. Um The Watch. I, the it's Watch. A, it's a good, it's check a good it podcast, even though they're from Philadelphia. Yeah, check it out. I was on it last week, actually. It was fun. Um, we talked about Top Chef. Um, I don't know if I want another season. I, I think yes, if it's like smart, I think it would have to just like be really different in some way. Like, you know, the the magic of a Who Done It, which is like such an insane thing to say because it's about like a really grisly crime and one of the darkest and this shows is ever. A per- Particularly grim one, yeah. Um, is so hard to like replicate. Like I, I, you know, it's just like sort of so many of these um miniseries that have come out over the last few years, like Chernobyl, Queen's Gambit, this one, even The Undoing, which was like you know ten percent as good, is just like you don't expect it. And you're like, wow, this is such a delight. This like miniseries, I'm so happy to have it, and then like how could Mayor ever live up to the expectations again? You know, like, it's just like, you're expecting something so wonderful and it was really well plotted. And, you know, it's very hard to make a show about a really, really grim town and some horrible crimes about friendship and loss. So like, can you do that again? Should you even try? I don't know.
1: Right. And Andy and Chris have talked a lot about this on The Watch, but I agree also that this show is about this community trying to learn how to to heal and to 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 want more for itself, mm-hmm. I guess. And that it's definitely about Mare, the Kate Winslet character, um, trying to overcome her grief and kind of move forward as a per- person and, you know. The last scene of the finale, like, definitely speaks to that and kind of where she's come as a character arc. But even like the most affecting moments of the finale to me were like Siobhan, the the kid going off to college, and like the whole family is there, like wishing her on her way. And there's like a sense of finality to all of it in terms of the characters. That if I, you don't get that twice, you
0: no. know, yeah, you don't you get that don't. character
1: development, which is as important as the Who Done It, with the exception. You could get character development on Guy Pierce, who was wearing an extraordinary sweater in the finale. A lot of people were focusing on the car. I was focusing on the fisherman sweater, which I would just love to own. Thought he looked great. He did the show as a favor, and we appreciate
0: it. I wasn't as mad as everyone else. Were you mad? No, I didn't care. I mean, okay. I was like, this is. I was like, this is clearly like gone awry, but who cares? Right. Um, <laughs> I think you could do a prequel, perhaps. Oh, but that would be really grim. Yeah, really grim. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It's great. It's a great show. You also could do a time jump. Maybe like if Ryan does Ryan get to get out of jail. Sorry, spoiler. Does Ryan get to get out of jail ever? I I don't really know how they're handling it. They don't. But, it, you know, they kind of they drop
1: all of the legal stuff. No idea what happened to John. Um, Don't care. Which Fuck don't John. who really cares. Yeah. So, Yeah. I, I, just, I hope it stays. It's like a nice little perfect thing. I don't think we need a mayor reunion, like a, a friend's reunion, even though it seems like they all had a wonderful time filming together. Yeah,
0: it's a, it was a great, great show. I, I love mm-hmm. weekly TV, so I'll just, okay. just say that. Any other TV you're watching? Well, I just started Broadchurch. Oh, right. Nice. It's really good. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy finishing for you. Le, Le
1: Bureau because I'm a devoted watch listener, and I, I'm really enjoying that. I don't know. Is there any other TV I'm supposed to be watching right now? I have to see a lot of movies.
0: Um, no, I don't think so. I've been watching Call the Midwife and um, Below Deck Sailing Yacht. It's currently my favorite show. So,
1: Okay. Where are they where are they They're sailing? sailing
0: in Croatia this year. The season's almost okay. over. It's really good. If you're looking for a really fun watch and you like reality TV, it just doesn't get better than season two of Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Below Deck Sailing Yacht season one was very bad. This is great, though. The great casting. They just crushed it.
1: So what is the difference between Below Deck? Deck sailing yacht. Mm-hmm. Well, and regular below deck. I guess it's a regular yacht. Yes. Versus a it's sailing a sailing yacht. A motor it's motor right there in the title. Yeah. You know what? That's good branding, at least. I appreciate the clear communication. Absolutely. Okay. So, what made this season of the sailing yacht a better than the first season of the sailing yacht? Just a better sailing yacht? Better cast. Just like way Okay. Way,
0: the, the previous cast, this is Chief Stew. Wasn't that fun? There was a couple who, like, Lived and together, like the pre-existing couple who came to work on the boat, which is like never that fun either. Um, but this season has has it all. It's got a love triangle. It's got mm-hmm. like actual boat drama that crashed into the dock. There <laughs> are like just actual <laughs> appalling guests. So like the up, there's like a real upstairs downstairs vibe that sometimes gets lost on below deck. But this season is like just rocking. Um, and then there's a there's a couple there's like two couples, but one of the couples that formed on the show she just had a baby and she will not reveal who the father is, but the timing works out that it's like the guy from the boat and the the speculation is that um, he got her pregnant and they're no longer together and it's like this big drama. So she won't say who the father is, that's just the speculation, but it's like, it, they're it, we're now at the point of the season of the show where they like, talk about the future of the relationship and how they want to like give it a go. But we know in real time that she just had a child last week. So it's like, what a crazy nine months she's had. Can't wait oh, for the okay. reunion. I, I was going to ask whether she had the child on the, on the boat. No, no, no. She had it. Have they ever done that? No, but okay. Yeah. This like this couple that met on the boat and they're like on the last episode talking about like, if they're going to stay together, and like what their future is. And she's like, I don't want you to waste your twenties on me. And in like kind of like a nice way. She's 32 and he's 24. Um, but yeah, she just like, she just had a baby last week and the timing works out that it would be his baby. So I can't wait to find out. It's, not, it's oh my another God. mystery. Okay. Well,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled for you that they're, the having drama in Croatia that you can be a part of.
0: It's really great. It's there for you too. Should you ever get to the really bottom of the barrel and need some TV for okay. yourself? All right. I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we're going to get some more celebrities doing stuff. People were partying in the Hamptons over the weekend. So what was your favorite party that you weren't invited to, but you saw a
1: documentation of online?
0: Um, that's a great question. I don't know. I'll say like I saw... Matt James the bachelor and Tyler Cameron my fave with their respective girlfriends like hanging out in Montauk and I was like that seems like they're having a nice time even though Matt and Rachel is very complicated um I'm not sure I wanted to hang out with them but I was like most interested in that I was reading about it today they did some sponsored appearances I don't know I thought it was interesting it was terrible weather though
1: yeah I was about to say the one thing I know about the East Coast Memorial Day weekend was that the weather was absolutely terrible. And so, they, but they were still having sponsored appearances in Montauk, sure, despite the
0: bad weather. Yes, they were. Okay. There was a great Gatsby party that I read about in page six. I don't know. Oh god, just people are just back back to doing that kind of thing. So, okay, I'm not sure if they all know how the Great Gatsby ends, but um, you know, I didn't ask. No one no, asked. <laughs> That's me. true
1: of every single Great Gatsby party since the beginning of time, <laughs> of which there are many, and a few of which I have attended. So who am I in college? So who am I to lecture? I yeah, I guess kind of the the big celebrity party is moving from Australia, where it was summer and where they were ahead on COVID, back to the U.S. and and the East Coast, the Hamptons seem seem ready to shine. Fingers crossed for a fun yacht season. Yes, a fun and safe yacht season for uh, all the celebrities and also the people on below deck sailing yacht. There was a COVID scare, but everyone's fine. Okay, I'm glad to hear that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week.